Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. We are so sorry for the late start today. You know how technical difficulties can be from time to time, and we sure we're having our share of them today. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host, the birthday boy and associate dean of Directions University, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack. Hello. And happy birthday. How is everybody? Thank you. Are you yeah, we got awesome a great guest birthday. today too. Yes, I am. Sure I love being uh, love being on the show on Tuesdays. This is fun. This is always fun. We always have such awesome guests. So that's a good birthday present. It is. I don't know if Corinna is here yet. Corinna, are you here yet? I am, and happy birthday. Hey, thank you. Nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction here. Yeah, go ahead and do that. All right, here we go, and then we'll we'll get down to, to business. Thank you so much for waking up for us, by the way. I think it's very, very much nighttime where you are in Australia, right? That's right. It's 2 a.m., but uh, definitely you're worth it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) All right. Well, Corinna Essa is known internationally as the go-to person when it comes to social media marketing. Corinna had started using Twitter to market products. Within three weeks, she had replaced her full-time income, working only two hours a day. Corinna now owns a social media marketing company helping businesses around the world leverage the power of social media without doing any of the legwork. I like that. That's awesome. She shares her groundbreaking strategies to people around the world and has helped thousands of individuals and businesses from Australia to Switzerland to Cyprus to New Zealand get consistent returns from their social media marketing efforts. Corinna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I just love how we can connect all over the world. I know everybody's tripped out on that for uh, close to two decades now that you can do this kind of thing over the Internet. But, man, it's still just really neat. You sound like you're right in the next room. And uh, uh, the only problem is we can't match up our time zones as easily as we can our communications. So thank you so much for being here at 2 a.m. your time. My pleasure. You uh, you want to fill us in a little bit more about uh, that was the that was the generic version of what's going on in your life right now. Tell us a little bit more about the kind of clients that you like to work with, the kind of work that you're doing right now, and what what fires you up and gets you out of bed in the morning. Well, the the type of clients we help uh, ranges from pilots. We've had pilots. We've had lawyers. We've had vets, dermatology vets. Um, we've had naturopaths. Um, We've got um, we've got dating experts as well. We've helped we've helped um, fertility doctors. You name it. So uh, the the kind of clients we help really varies. It's um, all of them as exciting because I also get to learn a lot about different businesses and different business models. So that's what makes uh, the the 
the kind of work I'm in uh, not boring and, and actually quite exciting and very interesting because I get to learn every time we help a new customer, I get to learn about their businesses. So it's uh, it's really, really great. I'm uh, really blessed to be in um, in such a business where I get to work with so many different people. And to answer your question about what gets me fired up in the morning, I guess I guess it's um, it's really because I I love what I do. I I love what I do. People say, "Oh, you work so hard," because I I tend to work alone on the business. But for me, I enjoy so much what I'm doing that you know, work and play is pretty much the same thing. So what really gets me fired up, I guess, would be the idea of really growing the business building bigger teams, uh, getting to see the business really grow and flourish, I think that, that really gets me excited. Awesome. Well, you know uh, your history. I don't think a lot of people here may know that you didn't. You weren't born with a social media spoon uh, expertise in your mouth, <laughs> that you came from another <laughs> world like many of us do. You were in media before this, right? Yes, that's right, and uh, social media was just starting, in fact, when I was at university. So I I used to be an assistant TV producer. That was my dream job. My dream job was to, was to become a TV producer, and I landed what could be really the beginning of my dream career, this this job as an assistant TV producer. I helped produce over 400 TV commercials, and I was loving it. I, I loved every minute of it. And unfortunately, right during the middle of the financial crisis, I got made redundant. And at the time, a lot of companies were downsizing, so there wasn't any opportunities for me to find another job. So instead, I I um, rang up my brother for help, as you do, and I told him I lost my job, help. And he said to me, that's fantastic news, because he always wanted me to be a business owner. He had been an internet marketer for many years and he was he could really see a potential for me, for me to have my own business on the internet. And so for him it was great news that I lost my job. He he was running at the time some of the biggest internet marketing conferences in England. So he invited me to attend one and I attended one and really the the rest is history. I learned strategies that I started implementing. The first strategy I learned was affiliate marketing on Twitter. And for those on the show who might not be familiar with affiliate marketing, is basically when you sell other people's products for a commission on the Internet. And so I opened a few Twitter accounts, and I, I started selling other people's products. And I was quickly making $700 a week. So I had replaced the income I had lost just working two hours a week. So that was really nice. And um, and that was the, the beginning of my journey. I started mastering other platforms, not just Twitter, but Facebook and then uh, Google Plus and then Pinterest. And uh, I keep on learning because the things keep on changing all the time, and it's uh, it's really exciting. And and uh, I keep on uh, testing different strategies and uh, teaching them to other people what works, what doesn't work. Awesome. So when did you start to morph into, you know, uh, not just affiliate marketing for yourself, but turning yourself into an an agency or a firm that helps other people, help other business, mm. uh, businesses? Right. Well, it, it, it happened quite fast within a year. What happened is 
when I, I started generating um, that kind of uh, commissions on Twitter, I asked my brother, who to this day is still my mentor, I asked him, what is next? What should I be doing next? And he said to me that I should be building a mailing list and that I should be teaching to my mailing list what I'm doing. He said the best way to do that is to is to study uh, Stephen Essa's course on webinars. So he handed over to me a course called Webinar Magic, and I I I, um, I followed the course, which was basically teaching over webinars and selling information products at the end of a webinar. So I put together my first ever webinar called How to Make Seven Hundred Dollars a Week, thanks to Twitter, and uh, I got uh, over a thousand people registered, and four hundred people showed up to the live to the live webinar and at the time I was I was uh, teaching how to make $700 a week and I had put together a course called Twitter Mastery and I was selling that and I I um I started selling that I, it was really successful a lot of people were were um looking to master Twitter and to do what I was doing which is basically selling products even if you don't have one of your own and and selling products even if you don't have a mailing list which was which was great and I kept on doing that for a few months, and one day I I did a webinar uh, to a, an audience in uh, in Australia to a small audience, and no one bought the um, no one bought the product. So we always have as a habit to survey people after a webinar. So we always ask them what they thought of the webinar, and at the time they thought it was great, and then we asked what they thought of the product, and they thought it was great. So we asked them, well, how come didn't you buy if you like the product and you like the webinar? And they said they didn't have time to study another course. So we we surveyed them a, uh, a bit more and we asked them, well, what if we it, we did we provided the service for you instead of giving you the course? And they said that that was a brilliant idea. And and that's how we we started with the idea of helping people with their marketing with their marketing on Twitter. So I started what used to be called a company called D4U Social and we would help people, I would provide a service for them, marketing for them on, on Twitter on their behalf and then one thing led to another, people asked me if I'd, I'd provide the same service for Facebook and then for Google Plus and then for Pinterest and then LinkedIn and so that led to me creating a social media marketing agency called Social Media Worldwide where now we we market people's products and services on their behalf on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. So that's basically how it, it led to this company, just from, from a webinar that didn't convert to us surveying, surveying the audience, and, and then it led to that. Awesome. And what a quintessential Internet success story you are. I mean, just uh, going from you know, uh, needing to find something to do and doing it and succeeding at it and then telling everybody how to succeed at it and then finding that you needed to tweak a little bit because a lot of people were like, that's really great, can you do that for us? And you did and here we are. I mean, that's the oversimplified version, but it's awesome and it's, it's, uh, it's got to be really heartening for people who are still trying to figure out their way, figure out what to do. Um, and just to see that, it, once again, here's another story told on Traffic Masters <laughs> that mm-hmm. that you can do this, that, that these things happen all the time to all kinds of people all over the world. So that's great. Congratulations. But what about 
what about some of the stuff that you're doing? So this is Traffic Masters, and we're always wanting to impart as much knowledge from our guests to our listeners on uh, traffic generation, getting attention on the web. You've been doing this for a while now um, and doing it for a lot of other people in a lot of industries, which gives you a lot more insight than just what works for you personally, uh, which is really great because then people can trust that you've been in a lot of different places. You've seen things work in different markets, and, and you've had to adjust and, um, and tweak things for different markets. So what are some of the things that are really hot and, and uh, you know, what's the first thing that you want to do, the low-hanging fruit, when you get a new client in the door uh, to really get them as much attention as possible, as quickly as possible? Because for the client, you've got to show them you really know your stuff, right? And you're going to blow them away in that first month or that first quarter with those easy results you know to get if they come in and they've never done any of the social really right or properly and you know how to do it, what are those first things that you like to do for clients in the beginning? Well, at the beginning, what I notice with everyone that comes along and, and hires me for, to provide that service is no one really has a social media strategic plan. I noticed that they might have posted a few things on Facebook or Twitter, but it's not part of a, of a bigger picture. It's not part of a plan. So the first thing I do is I... I ask them what is it that they want to achieve because not everyone wants the same thing from social mm -hmm. media. Some people want to just nurture their their tribe. Some people want to just um, provide it as a a um, customer service tool where they want to monitor people's questions and provide good customer service on social media. Some people want to use it for traffic generation. Some people want to use it for any other thing. So I, first of all, the first thing I do is I ask him, what exactly do you want to get out of social media? And based on that, I, I create and the team creates a social media strategic plan. And it, it's basically we put together a an editorial calendar of what's going to be posted, what types of posts are going to be posted, when, and who is going to actually execute the plan in, in the team. Because... In my team, I've got people who are more familiar, let's say, with the fashion industry, some people more with the health industry. So I decide well, who's going to execute the plan, who's the person who's best to do that for that customer. So that's the first thing I do. I put together a, a social media strategic plan. So we decide what types of posts are going to be posted. 5% could be reflecting the the company's culture, 10% could be industry-related news. So we put together a strategic plan, and we also put tracking in place. That's very important because you can have a plan, but if you're not tracking, you never know what what's working, what's not, because a, a social media strategic plan is, is always a work in progress. And... Um, mm. And it's a working progress because you're tracking and you don't know when you first start what's going to work and what's not going to work. And I, I've learned over the years to never assume. And that's why we, right. we pay close attention to tracking. Yeah, awesome. So that's how we get started, social media plan. Um, and let's let's just focus in on the traffic generation. So I'm a client that wants traffic generation. We want to get a bunch of stuff. Do you... Um, you know, we want to get a, a bunch of engagement and a bunch more people coming through our site to our filter. How do you marry all of this social media stuff up with their site? What kind of discussion do you have about the content that they may be doing on their site? Or do you guys do content 
uh, for them on their sites, or do you do you separate those two things? How does that work? We we create the content for social media, but we don't create the content for the the websites. That's up to them. We drive traffic to their sites. Now we strongly advise people right now on social media. What seems to work across all types of businesses is it's basically driving traffic to blogs. So before. Before with social media, you could send traffic directly to your sales page, but it's not converting as well anymore, and Facebook seems to frown upon that. So now what's working quite well is sending traffic to your blog and within the blog advertising what it, whatever it is that uh, the business wants to sell. So that works really well, sending traffic to a blog and within the blog selling, and also what works right now are videos. We're going to see more and more videos on social media. Now, not just the type of videos that, that you think, not like the corporate ones that look really polished because as soon as people see that on social media, it looks like someone's trying to sell me something. Every time something mm -hmm. branded too well or something looks too professional, that doesn't convert as well as a uh, video taken from a smartphone where you know, there's not very good lighting, let's say, or it's, it's uh, a video from your webcam. So that seems to work really well. That gets more attention than any form of video. So no need to hire fancy a fancy video production team. You can just use your webcam or your smartphone and and give content and give really good content, a few tips on a short video and post it on social media and and then the call to action on the video could be check out my blog for more information or go to my website. So that seems to work quite well. Really casual short videos on social media work really well for traffic generation more than anything else we've seen so far. Do you find yourself needing to advise people on um, what you guys are generating traffic for? If you don't do the content on their website, uh, but you are responsible for generating the traffic, and you know, because uh, I'm in the business as well, you know that the uh, clients that you get will probably need some help on their website as well or their content development plan. They probably don't have any more of that than they had a social media marketing campaign plan in place when you, when you found them. Do you try to help people out with what they need to have on their site so that when you guys send traffic, they will c continue to be happy because the traffic is engaging and doing something once they, once it gets to their site from the result of the work that you guys do. Absolutely, it works hand in hand. So uh, we we can uh, we can do a great job on social media, but if where we're driving traffic to is poor or or not to the standards we want, then yes, absolutely, we advise them that, and we also advise people to not hold back on content because right now the trend is to give as much free content as possible, the best content, and and then charge premium for services. So that's the trend on the Internet. We'll see more and more people giving away really great information for free, but then charging $5,000, $10,000 for products. So this is the trend right now. So we're trying to push our, our customers to follow that trend, to give as much information as they can for free. And, on, you know, it, it, it could be anything. It could be um, cheat sheets. It could be... 
templates, whatever it is that they can give away for free, and, and we and we tell them based on their business what's the best thing that they can give away for free, and charge more for their services because that's the trend. That's what's happening. Yeah. Well, since that's a trend, um, a lot of people are doing it, of course. That's what a trend is. And now we're presented with the problem of getting lost in a bunch of quality stuff, uh, or at least the the semblance of, uh, you know, all the people who are also doing what you guys are doing for their clients and people who are doing it themselves and really doing a good job, what kinds of innovative thinking do you guys undergo to stand out in a crowd where everybody is out there basically, I mean, we're just talking about the top competitors, not anybody else, but that's the world that we play in, right? We only work with the people who are, or we are, pre, or we, we're making the people who we work with uh, in that realm of they're putting out quality content, but then so is everybody, and everybody's got such a limited amount of time to spend with anything that catches their eye. So now there's competition. Do you guys, um, what do you try to do in those situations for clients where there's a few other people out there in that space uh, competing with them who are also doing a good job at getting people's attention? Well, you'll be surprised. I, I've dealt with a lot of different businesses, and it, yes, there's a lot of competition in the internet marketing world because internet marketers are savvy. They they know what the trend is, and they they're very good at following the trend. So yes, if you're in the internet marketing industry, then yes, there's a lot of competition. Now, if you're in any other form of business on the internet, no one's actually at that stage now. I, I've I've looked at different businesses and none of them are up to speed. None of them are providing really good quality content. None of them have caught up on that trend apart from the internet marketing industry. So, mm -hmm. and, and there's still a way to compete. I mean, Facebook has introduced what they call pages to watch. So now, in the under the Insights tab on your Facebook page, you can add your competitors and watch what they're doing. So it's it's uh, and always monitor. And that's another tool that we use when we help our customers with their Facebook marketing is we look at what their co competition is doing and we try to be ahead because all things being equal, let's say you're competing with another company that's providing the same services at the same price and is providing as as good information and is um, up to date with everything, all things being equal, people will go with the person who's got more social proof. And social proof starts with what's happening on social media. So what we try and do for, the, for our customers to be ahead of their competition is we try to get them more social proof, meaning more fans on their profiles, more reviews, better reviews, more interaction, more engagement. Because all things being equal, people will look then for social proof. So if um, if you're selling the same products and the same um, at the same price, and you're competitive and providing the same value, then people will see well which one is uh, more established, which one seems to have a bigger following and uh, have more years of experience. Let's say. So that's what we try and do to to get our customers to remain competitive and ahead sometimes. Awesome. What are some of the – are contests still viable? I haven't seen anybody running a contest on Facebook uh, with the people that I follow for a long time. Are some of the things that we used to do um, for engagement kind of falling out of favor, or do you still use things like that? 
We still we still do, and they work really well as as long as they're creative contests. It has to be creative. A few years ago, it it was a trend to give away iPads, and everyone was giving away iPads, and then everyone was joining these uh, contests to win an iPad. Now that doesn't work that well, of course. You have to be a bit more creative. Now uh, a lot of um, a lot of um, people in the in the sports industry they always run contests that work really well. For example, you get to win something that's quite original that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise without the contest. For example, a signed a signed T-shirt from a, from a re- really famous player and things like that. So you have to be a bit creative. You have to be willing to to give that away for free, even if it if it costs you in time and resources to provide. So I I think that what I've seen are contests work really well when it's when it's um, something that has perceived value so has a perceived value and that is original and that is really hard to to get even if you're willing to pay for it so that's the secret of giving things away for free so it's not just that it's free but even if it wasn't it would be hard to get so that's the key to a really successful contest it's, it's what you're actually giving away is it is it unique? Is it rare? Would it be difficult for someone who had the money to get it to actually get it? So that's the key with a, a successful contest. How do you? Uh, I, it's, it's hard. This is one of the harder ones. But you guys are in the business of knowing how this is done. So I love to ask this question: What do you use to track? How do you track your success so that? Uh, you can say definitively at your monthly or quarterly meetings with your clients, however often that you do your meetings, here's what we did, here's what happened, here's what we measured, and here's how we measured it. How do you guys do that? I've I've simplified things. There are so many tools now out there that can measure this and measure that and even measure sentiment, right? There's tools to to, uh, gauge the (laughs) sentiment. So... um, I've I've simplified things because you can go into so much detail that at at the end of the day it's analysis paralysis. So the tool Mm -hmm. I use is clickmeter.com. It's it's simply, it's a tool that allows you to track how many clicks you got. So, because at the end of the day that's what we want, right? We want clicks and conversions. So, so clickmeter allows you to, to create different links for, for the same, for the same, Link so you can create a link just to track the traffic you got from Facebook, another link to track the the clicks you got from Twitter, etc., etc. So I I use a really easy to use tool which is Clickmeter Clickmeter.com and there's uh, many similar tools uh, that do the same job and and that's all we do. We want to check the traffic and then based on the traffic the conversions. So then a lot of people spend a lot of time. Uh, testing engagement and tracking engagement. Now we don't do that because we know that at the end of the day, it's it's the traffic that we want, the clicks. And so, of course, the the more engaged the people are, the more clicks we get. So engagement can be measured directly from the the platform, the network. So on Facebook, for example, you can click on the tab called Insights, and that will tell you the, mm-hmm. your level of engagement. Same with Twitter, same with the other platforms. You can really see the information is there available. We don't usually use a third-party tool. But for clicks, we, we use clickmeter.com. 
Do you get into the discussion with clients about SEO? Do you um, mess with that in any way at, at all, in a serious way, or is it is it um, not much part of uh, what you do for people? Are clients even interested in that, or are they going to another different service for that these days? Yes, we don't provide any SEO-related services. We we don't. Um, I I think that because of the algorithms on social media. SEO will be replaced by social media very soon. Now, um, now what gets featured on page one of Google is is very um, very much influenced by what's happening on your social media. So I think I believe that soon people will switch from spending money on SEO to spending money on social media. Yeah, I feel like that's about the same way too, and it's gotten so hard to understand as Google has been working for a long, long time to make it very difficult to understand how to rank in their search engine that I think a lot of people have given up and social media has made it a lot easier to give up paying so close attention to where people rank in, in search these days because there's so many factors involved. And uh, We do SEO at, at our firm, but uh, and it is very much tied to the social media stuff that goes on, um, you know, that Google can see. But it, again, compared to 10 years ago, it's a total crapshoot compared to when we used to know. We'd make an action, and then we would go and look at the search engine, and it would either present itself as a favorable move in the direction we wanted or not. And nowadays, you just can't do that. So probably very, very insightful, very forward-looking that you guys don't uh, do you know anything in that area uh, because it is all about social media now and it's one of the things that we always have uh, uh, questions about is you know somebody will always come up and say that's fine all of the things that you're talking about engagement traffic being real being um, authentic uh, giving really good content that's all great but I am in the world's most boring fill-in-the-blank industry is there anything you could possibly do for me how do you make uh, somebody who's a self-prophesied uh, boring industry or when somebody calls you guys and it's like, hi, I'm Bob from an insurance or real estate market, do you guys roll your eyes and say we can't help you or uh, do, do you help anybody? Uh, are there clients that just are beyond having something interesting to say on social media? Yeah, it's funny you say that because we get quite a few accountants signing up to our services and I mean, I know that uh, there's a stigma around accountancy that is boring. Now, all you need to do when when you're dealing with an industry like that is is be creative. And at the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, um, with social media, you, you can do that. You can be creative. And it's, and the more you're creative with industries like that that have that stigma, then the, the better you perform. So it's all about being creative. It's all about coming up with fun things and and basically stop taking yourself that seriously. So I know that accountants and lawyers tend to have that that, that serious vibe about them, right? And, and thanks to social media, you can lighten things up a little bit, be creative, be playful, and it works really well. Well, give me some examples of that, because I, we, I think we all, on the outside, looking in at accountants and lawyers, think it's pretty kind of dry and boring and maybe that's their fault. You know, they just never really did loosen up and have more fun, except for every once in a while you'll see a TV commercial from a lawyer that 
is meant to be funny and actually is funny. But, I mean, that's like <laughs> once every 10 years around here. <laughs> so we also have that perception as consumers of certain industries just being, you know, I'm here to uh, see the latest cat picture. I'm not here to see an accountant trying to be funny. Uh, how do you deal with that kind of, you know, social media is everything is five minutes ago. That's so five minutes ago. That's so, it's, so there's a lot of trendiness and, and things like that. Is it just a matter of, hey, I'm an accountant and I also like to keep up on these really funny things over here and they don't try to address directly the fact that accounting is not funny? Or is it something more than that? What, how do you, give us an example of something that you would run if you had an accountant come in today. I would I would make them uh, do I would make them do a video. It's it's really um, now what people seem to enjoy are are people taking really popular songs. So let's say the song "Raw" from Katy Perry, and then writing uh, different lyrics over the song about what they do. So um, mm-hmm. these these sort of funny videos where you take a a popular song and turn it into something relevant to your business seems to work really really well, and also it doesn't have to be something funny uh, in order to make something a bit more lighthearted. It can be just just about being behind the scenes of a, an accounting firm because what people want on social media is to see the people behind the business, the people behind the brand. So it doesn't necessarily need to be funny for it to be for it to be um, interesting and appealing. It could just be stories about the, the people working in, in that firm behind the scenes. So stories about um, about the intern who and and the story about the, the boss, the things like that, because on social media mm-hmm. it's all about social stories. And so even if it might not be funny, the stories like that and the social aspect of a, a firm is what really people are interested in. People like seeing what's happening behind the scenes, what's happening behind the scenes of a big firm, and, and who's, who are these people and, and, and yeah. portraying their stories. Well, you guys really are uh, paid storytellers, right? I mean, is that fair to say that that you're always looking for the story? You're always looking for something, and that's what social is so good at. And trying to get clients to understand that I know is not always the easiest thing to do, but once they do and they give you free reign and they loosen up a little bit and allow you to be the storytellers that you are, I bet that's where you feel like you really shine. Yes, absolutely. That, that's the key, is, is knowing where to spot a story and how to tell a story. That, that's really the key. I think that someday uh, it won't always be the way it is now in trying to, you know, you, ha- you do something really great and then you also have to convince somebody of it. But when somebody needs a lawyer, they just go to a lawyer and they fill in all the blanks about what lawyers do themselves. They don't have to be sold on what a lawyer is going to do for you in court they just go find a lawyer. And right now, it's still kind of in the Wild West days, even in 2015, for social media and for social media providers like you, because um, you also have to tell your story. Why is social media so important? Why do we do the work that we do for other clients and how we can help you? 
But I feel like someday you're going to get the respect we deserve, right? <laughs> Where it's like, I need a good storyteller. And it will really just be, I know you're a storyteller. I know you're a social media expert and a marketer. And I'm not going to ask you to tell me what that is or what it can do for me. I just want to know if you're the best one for me. Do you dream of days like that approaching uh, sooner than later? Yes, and it, it's starting now. People are understanding that they just cannot compete with, with their social media. And and things are starting. A few years ago, it wasn't that way. I, I, it felt like I really had to to do the hard sell and and really try and convince people. Now, now they have to convince me why I should help them. So, um, so things are shifting. I can see that. I can see that. A few years ago, when I started, things were different, because people are. Uh, People have understood now that consumer behavior has changed. Before, when you wanted to find a lawyer, you would pick up the yellow pages, let's say, or you would say, you would ask a friend, you know, a good lawyer. Now what people do instead is they they search on the Internet, and more specifically, they they search on social networks. They, they, they ask their friends' recommendations, but they use it on social networks, right? So they they'll ask a friend they'll ask their Facebook friend, Hey, do you recommend do you recommend a specific lawyer in this area? So everything's happening on social networks. So consumer behavior is changing and that's why I think that um that people are, are now more open to spending a bit more money on their social media marketing. Well, Jan, the person responsible for grabbing you today as our very wonderful guest, has a question. Jan, do you uh, are you there? You were there. <laughs> she said, "I have a question. I have a question." Ah, uh, you got me yet? There you are. Yep. Okay. Um, this has been an awesome uh, interview. Thank you so much. You know, my question was, and Jack has been really rocking it with the questions here, but it's like, what's the, I think a lot of people don't understand the difference between just saying stuff and telling the story. So what do you think the difference is between people just giving their marketing message and then creating a social um, storytelling program? Do you have right. any examples so, how you might have helped somebody with that? Because I think that's really where a lot of people lose it. Right. So when it comes to, to marketing, I always tell I always tell businesses, don't go on social media and just market your products. Don't go and say the usual buy this, buy that, check this out. Because it just it, it doesn't work. People put their guards up. People don't go on social media to buy things anyway. That's not what they expect from a post. So I always tell people not to do that, but there are other ways to market your products, and it could be around a story. So, for example, if, if, you're, um, if you're marketing a webinar, let's say, and instead of saying, hey, check out the webinar and put a, a link, instead put, put a picture of yourself on the webinar and say, hey, that was me on a webinar today about how to, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's basically masking your marketing using a story. So it, it could be, uh, this, the story could be very simple. Hey, that, that's me, uh, that's me uh, with my pajamas doing a webinar to, to people across the world and, and, and 
put a picture of that. And, and really, the picture is an excuse for you to talk about your webinar, but it doesn't appear as so. It just appears as if you're telling people, hey, look at me in my pajamas kind of thing. So it, it's always to it, it's always avoiding to do the heart sell and masking it with with a story. And the story can be really basic. Like I said, it could be just, hey, look at me in my pajamas, for example. And the second thought I had about this, and that's a really great uh, a great example. I really liked that. Um, I have several people that I'm working with that have very compelling personal stories about why they got into business, but they're not easy. They're it's not they're not pretty stories. <laughs> and I I've been trying to convince them that they're kind of missing something by not sharing it. Mm-hmm. What is your thought on that? Let's say if somebody was in jail or if they had, you know, had bad things happen to them and then they overcome them. What do you think about that in terms of telling that as your social story when in the context of your business? Absolutely, and that's what people want to hear. People love hearing the story behind a business, behind a brand, behind anything. And I, I always tell people, tell your story regardless of whether it's something in the past or something you want to leave in the past. And um, I, I think that people forget how how stories can impact people's lives. I never thought that me losing my job could actually make a difference in people's lives. For me, it was something that I was embarrassed about because you know, losing your job is nothing. It's never something you're proud of. And instead, when I would share that story, people would come to me and say, wow, I've actually lost my job. You've just given me a, a bunch of hope now that I, I thought I had lost. So I always, always tell people to share their story, regardless of what it is. It 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 it, it brought them to where they are today, so it's important. That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. I think uh, we have a we have a faculty member, David Bullock, who has a program, uh, and he just did a TED Talk um, in, on story leverage, what he calls story leverage. And I think it's kind of funny, and now this is just insider type stuff, but, you know, a lot of people who listen to Traffic Masters are, are this is storytelling too, uh, just what it's like to be on the inside and doing this kind of work all the time for either clients or for yourself. And... Um, isn't it funny how we're so self-aware? We're just, we're still in literal stages. Like we still call um, uh, websites blogs when we want to indicate that what my website does is perform the, serve, the, the, the function of a blog. And then we tell people what we do for each other so that they'll understand because it's, it's kind of hard otherwise. Uh, that we do social media. We do social media marketing. We do stuff on social media. And then a lot of people take that, and, and we're just very literal and self-aware, but it's really about story. Everything that we do on the web now can be watered down to the very essence of you're either telling a story or you're not, and that's what everybody wants. And we've wanted it for some years now, and we've been indicating through our uh, surfing habits and everything else as consumers that we are more than happy to just leave it at that. That's what we're responding to out there. But in the industry, we still feel the need uh, for a while yet, I guess, instead of just calling a blog, call it a website, because that's what it is. And most websites now are blogs. They're running on blog software. And we don't really need to say blog or website. We just need to pick one and go with it. 
and social media. It's not really about social media with our our clients or ourselves. It, that's just like, I don't know, it's like saying you have good telephone skills. It's just mm-hmm. a telephone. It's just another communication medium. But isn't it funny, you know, it would be neat to have your thoughts on why, how we're still in 2015 so aware of the most, we, we're calling out the method and not the, you know, or the medium that we communicate on, and a lot of people are taking that a lot more literally and seriously than the idea of we're storytellers, whether we're marketing or um, not, and almost everybody, no matter what you're doing on the web, is marketing, except for grandma, who's just sharing her cookie recipes. Everybody else is (laughs) trying to sell people on an idea or something, and uh, even if you ask them what they were doing, they're like, oh, I'm doing social media. And and it's just kind of mm-hmm. weird because it's almost like saying I'm doing telephone. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think about Absolutely. that? Absolutely, absolutely, and, and you're so right, and 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 it's true, and everything is about storytelling. And I know that, for example, even when I hire people and I interview them, one of the first things I tell them in order for them to to be aligned with the the vision and the mission of the company is to actually tell my story to the, the to the potential candidates that apply for for a job in, in the company. So it, it's absolutely true. We're just storytellers. Even at, even at the level where we were hiring candidates, the first thing we do is we tell them about the company, the story of the company, and how we got to where we are today, and the story of the founders of the company. And, and that plays a major part in, in when, when they're choosing who to work for as well. So I completely agree. We're just storytellers, yeah. That'll be nice when we get to that one day. I mean, it's it's up to us, too. I mean, we're part of the story we're all telling about ourselves, right? And uh, as ourselves, as, as an industry and in this space and time and history uh, where, you know, we're pretty all, everybody's pretty comfortable with social media. And the idea, the effect that it has on our daily lives, it's pretty much ensconced in anybody who's adopted uh, who's gotten a smartphone and is is uh, preoccupied with what's going on on Instagram right at the moment or whatever. I mean, it's part of our lives. And uh, it's really just a matter for us, uh, you know, marketing something to try to spread an idea uh, through storytelling. Um, that's the degree of success that we'll have if we can get people's attention. And people desperately want their attention to be taken by something fascinating or awesome or funny or insightful or whatever that's what everybody's wanting to go out there and share knowing it in that way you know i try to get people as well that work with us to think i look for people like that i look for people who've already demonstrated the ability to do that that they just get it and they're not so self you know they're not like well i have all these certifications and everything else we don't care about that we want to know how well you can uh, look at someone's situation and go, ah, here's the story that needs to be told, like you said earlier. I just think it's mm-hmm. really neat. It's it's kind of funny that we're still, I would have thought maybe if you asked me in 2011, uh, would we be over this hump by now in 2015? I would have said, yes, absolutely, it's almost over now. And yet we still, you know, uh, there's still a lot of, not confusion in the market. Everybody is pretty much aware it's just what we call things and how we do things and trying to get people to not be so robotic about it is, I think, the mm-hmm. tricky part, which you guys, of course, yes. know, and that's that's what you look for. Absolutely. All right, so if somebody is going, okay, well, I know I'm aware of social media. I'm, I'm, I'm 
kind of sporadically putting things out there and everything. What's your best piece of advice to them? Um, I would imagine it would start with a, a, having an actual plan because I think a lot of people are just shooting from the hip with their social media <laughs> campaign given all of the stuff that we've been talking about and how long it's been going. It seems weird that anybody would, but I see people doing stuff They'll have a campaign or they'll have a launch or whatever. They'll get really big on social, but they won't support the time between their launches with anything. Mm -hmm. And then they have to start almost completely over because the algorithm in, in Facebook will start dropping you off people's timelines if you haven't interacted mm -hmm. with them in a while, and they don't understand that. So there's a lot of people that don't have a plan. What, would be the, what, would be, what are some of the components of the plan that you set up for clients that some of our listeners can listen to and and put into action for themselves in terms of their social media plan. People, like you said, people are obsessed with their launch, and that's that's it. They don't realize that the pre-launch period is the most important period, and the post-launch is the most important period. And so people just focus on the launch, and that's it. And then it's it's a, a desert island. The so social media is a desert island. So. Focusing uh, focusing on the pre-launch, on the momentum building, and then the, on the po post-launch, what what happened after you've launched, and and people don't spend enough time to do that, so the the, the social media goes in spikes. It's it, it spikes and then it it drops and it spikes and then every time there's a launch and it's just not not enough and it's not is and it's not good enough. Social media has to be consistent. So when you have a pre-launch period. And the post on you you don't experience that you you get consistent results and you get better results for your launch itself anyway so i i what I would tell people is to is to focus on on the pre launch and the post launch as much as they focus on the launch time right, and even further in between and this brings up a really good point that works in 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 your favor here, there are a lot of people trying to do too much on their own. And I think that they pour everything they can into a launch. They start to appear more on social when they've got something that they're working on, some sort of a campaign, and they know that they need to be more on social. That social would be a great tool right now to bring a lot more awareness to whatever it is that they're uh, trying to promote. And uh, they're doing things like burning the candle at both ends. They're staying up late. They're working and working working, and that isn't a sustainable thing to do. And it's certainly not something that, you know, you could do on an ongoing basis. Once their launch is over, the reason that they disappear is because they're asleep, because they haven't mm -hmm. slept in a long time. So, you know, and to have that consistency, I think a lot of people have had a launch and then a, a real quiet period or a pre-launch and a launch and a really quiet period, and they realize that they have to start off. It feels like they're starting almost from scratch the next time they want to get on social and get the kind of engagement that they ramped up to during their launch. So I think people are aware, but they are in a predicament because they still think that they should be the ones doing all of their social media on an ongoing basis. And, of course, you and I would disagree with that because there's a lot of things that people, experts need to stay experts. And you also need to fulfill. If you're a coach or a consultant, an author, a speaker, people like that especially, but everybody has their profession to focus on. And it is no one's profession except for those who it is to be a social media storyteller. That's just an yeah. extra added thing that has to happen in this day and age. So I'm making a really good case for you that people like you are really, really important and that uh, small businesses, medium-sized businesses need to 
uh, start opening up budget space for people just like you to do the work that you do on an ongoing basis so that when launch time comes, the launches are bigger, more successful, and people start paying attention in between the lines and in between the launches and the big campaigns so that you can grab them back. You already have their attention for the next launch. So I, I, I hope I made a good case for you there. Is, is there anything you would add to that? Absolutely, and and thank you for that. One of the main objections we get when when we sell our services is, how can you possibly be in my voice? That's the main objections we we get. And not only are we going to be in their voice, but they they don't really have a choice, and they shouldn't and they shouldn't and they shouldn't do their own social media marketing because first of all, if you're not a, a social media marketing expert, then you should not be doing your social media. And a lot of people who are doing their own social media, they don't they don't enjoy it. They don't know what they're doing, and and they don't do it consistently. So it end, ends up costing them. So so you're absolutely right. It, it's not something that. It's not something that anyone can do. It, when you're going to delegate it, you have to be very careful who you delegate it to. And I, I've got sales reps who, who go to businesses to sell our service. And another objection we get is, oh, my, my niece or my daughter loves Facebook. She does, she does our Facebook. That's another thing we get. P- people don't realize that someone who likes playing around on Facebook doesn't necessarily mean that they, they know how to market on Facebook because it's two different things. Mm. Someone like li- <laughs> uh, who likes playing around on Facebook is, is completely different from someone who actually has knows how to put a strategic plan together, a, a, an editorial calendar, and, and execute it with consistency. So that's something else that we're experiencing. So it's it's very important when you're going to to use social media as, as one of your marketing tools to be done by someone who, who knows what they're doing, who's got a track record. Right, and they won't, someone that you're, you're, you've engaged to do this for you is not going to let you down as quickly as you are. As much as some of these ultra um, type A personalities listening right now are going, oh, no, I would never do that to my own company, to myself. Yes, you will, and yes, you have. Everybody does. When you get really tired or a family emergency comes up or you just got done doing a giant webinar and, you know, doing the only thing that you in the world are suited perfectly to do that nobody else can do and you're tired and, you know, your social media person's never going to give up. That's their job. They're focused on that and they're pacing themselves. And they didn't just do a giant webinar or a great big launch or any of that other stuff. They're paid to do this thing, which they're really good at, but they're pacing themselves, and they can keep it uh, for the long haul. And I think that's really important. I think that's uh, a very important point for today, uh, just for everybody to hear. Uh, even if you're a perfectionist, you're going to you're going to skimp on social media or skimp on some other things because you know you're just trying to do too much. Uh, any thoughts there? Yes, they 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 did a survey back in 2013, and they realized that the companies who had experienced growth in terms of profit were actually companies who had invested in social media management. They saw that there was a correlation between people spending money on social media and profit gains. So definitely it's you get your investment back uh, ten times once you, you, you take that step and, and you invest in social media marketing and management.
So where do people find you? What's, uh, what's your website? My website, our website, I should say, because we're a team, is uh, socialmediaworldwide.com. And uh, people can find me on, on Facebook or on Twitter. It's uh, SMW Online. So SMW for Social Media Worldwide. SMW Online is my Twitter handle. And uh, my Facebook URL is facebook.com forward slash SMW Online. Awesome. And you are dr truly global, worldwide. Are there any benefits for people in the U.S. Uh, working with you? Are you all in uh, Australia, or do you have people distributed around the world? Can you do a 24-7 operation? We, we run a 24-7 operation. We have um, my social media managers work remotely, so um, it's 24-7. The, the added advantage for, for um, U.S. people is that we charge in Australian dollars, which makes it much, much cheaper. And uh, we are the most cost-effective social media marketing agency in Australia and in um, and in the U.S. So we're most cost-effective, and we provide the same services as other companies who charge over a thousand four hundred dollars for what we provide. So added benefits there. Awesome, excellent. Well, Gina, I'm going to throw it back to you for any announcements that we might have. And uh, Karina, thank you so so much for being up so late. And uh, for all the incredible information, you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you so much, Corinna. This was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. Well, short of your birthday today, Jack, we don't really have a lot of announcements. Wait, we can talk for a minute about our birthday special that we're doing at DU. This month is both my birthday, which was June 5th, and Jack's birthday. It's also the one-year anniversary of DU being in its new home. And to celebrate, we decided to do something just a little bit different this year. Rather than us getting gifts, we decided to give gifts. And we did that in kind of a unique way. There are a number of things that we put together. First, we, I did a gratitude call with Robert and Terry Taltry, and on it we were talking about the power of gratitude, uh, how gratitude can really help improve entrepreneurial mindset and topics like that it was phenomenal. We've got that gift waiting for you guys. We also have um, a kind of a special offer, Jack, where we decided that we would set it up with a discount on one-on-one -on -one time so that we were doing consults. And when you sign up for an hour, you get to choose any DU course that you want for free with the exception of the DU Bachelor's Program. That is an incredible gift. If you've never seen our courses, you can find the list of them on the special offer you can get the uh, gratitude call recording there as well. It's just joindu.com forward slash bday. Joindu.com forward slash bday. We will be back next week, same time, same place, with yet another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great birthday, Jack. Thanks. I will. Bye, everybody. See you Bye -bye. all next week.
Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.